Cheesehead. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM. The fan, C. Sparky Pfeiffer, along with our guy, Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight, Monday through Friday, weeknights. Nick Ashu and Trista Crick. Follow Ryan Horvath on Twitter. Ryan Horvath, you can follow me at Sparky Radio. Download this fine Curtin Long podcast or uh, on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast. From time to time, I'll throw some of these up on the Odyssey Sports page as well up on YouTube. Uh, Ryan Horvath, before... We uh, make our way forward with the Green Bay Packers. I want to get your thoughts quickly uh, on the Bucks uh, news that broke uh, earlier today from Adrian Wojnarowski. Apparently, the final three coaches uh, that the Bucks are going to talk to one more time uh, are Nick Nurse, Kenny Atkinson, and Adrian Griffin, uh, the former Bucks assistant now with yeah. uh, the Toronto uh, Raptors. Uh, those are the three guys that it's come down to. Your thoughts on those three for this Bucks job? I know everybody wants Nick Nurse, and I get it. I think Nick Nurse is it. We think Nick Nurse is a very good good coach. You know, he won a title in Toronto with Kawhi Leonard, and then the next year they lose Kawhi. And actually, in the regular season, they were a better basketball team. Right. We know he's a good defensive mind. We saw what he did against Giannis uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago. But he kind of had a falling out there, man, with a lot of his players. I think he's just a little bit of a hard ass, which maybe that's a good thing for the Bucks. I think Kenny Atkinson's a really good coach, and I think he kind of got, man, he got a terrible deal in Brooklyn because if you remember, like he was winning basketball games with a young team during a rebuild year, and then Kevin Durant and Kyrie go in there. They didn't want him there, but they didn't even play basketball for him that year. They were both hurt, so he ends up getting canned. I think he's a good coach. I wouldn't hate that hire for the Bucks. So for me, it would be probably Nick Nurse one, but I do have some concerns. Atkinson number two. I think that that's who I would want here. But I wouldn't hate, like, if, if they go Atkinson and they pass on Nick Nurse, I wouldn't hate it. I know a lot of people would because Nick Nurse is a bigger name and he's won a championship. But I think Kenny's probably just as good of a coach. I was hoping for Cassell. Uh, they obviously didn't inter- interview Sam Cassell. Chris Quinn was another guy that when I saw the name pop up, I'm like, hmm. And then as I thought about it right up a little bit more, I really wanted Chris Quinn then. Uh, and he obviously doesn't make the final three either. And he's still playing. So, uh, obviously, that's not going to work. Um, and we'll talk more about this on the Green and Growing podcast uh, coming up uh, on Tuesday's podcast with Nathan Marzion and myself. Uh, looking forward to having that conversation with him. All right, Ryan Horvath, today is going to be a show of lists. We got some lists to get to Good. Uh, today. We're going to start off with uh, what three Packer players do you think need a bounce back here? This comes on the heels of just a few days ago. The assistant coaches meeting with the media as we record this on Monday at around 12 o'clock noon, uh, OTAs start today and are, are going this week uh, up in Green Bay. And leading up to that, some of the assistant coaches talked at the end of last week. Ben Sermons, uh, the running backs coach for the Packers. This is from Ryan Wood's Twitter account uh, of the Green Bay Press Gazette. Follow him at by Ryan Wood. Uh, it says AJ Dillon didn't have that type of production either of them wanted for the big bruising tailback last season. They've talked about it. Quote, I think he's going to come out and respond to that challenge and have a much more productive year, Sermon says. I will simply say, I remember during the football season, Ryan Horvath, you were being critical of A.J. Dillon of not yeah. being that guy that we wanted to see. So I will start with A.J. Dillon for you. What do you want him to do? What do you want to see from him to convince you that, okay, he's good. We can roll with him going forward. It's not so much, I don't know if it's so much like him 
or it was just the play calling. I didn't really like the way the first eight weeks of the season, especially maybe 10 weeks of the season, the way that they used AJ Dillon, right? Like I didn't want to see Aaron Rodgers and shotgun single back formation, halfback draw to AJ Dillon. You know, that's more Aaron Jones, your shifty back AJ Dillon. You know, he's supposed to be this bruising back where you have him in eye formation, you know, your quarterback under center, you hand him the ball on short yardage situations or on goal line situations. And it's like, you know, I thought that he was going to be this Derrick Henry type back. That's a bad comp because Derrick Henry's six foot four, 245 pounds. AJ Dillon's a little bit smaller, but we thought he was going to be like this power back. And sometimes I feel like he just like gets hit and he goes down or it takes only like two guys to take him down. So I just want to see him. I don't want to say run a little bit harder, but I guess just the way that they use them, I want to see them use him like the power back, maybe be on the field a little bit more with Aaron Jones. It just, you know, he's a little bit better of a pass catcher than I expected him to be out of Boston College because they just didn't throw him the ball out of the backfield there. But I just want to see him used, you know, like that power back, the way that we've kind of been hyping him up the last couple of years. I want to see him use more on goal line situations. you got to have more than four or five touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? If you're this bruising back. So I want to see him become the back that we drafted. You know, the guy that's going to have, you know, 900 to 1,200 yards rushing. He's going to have double-digit touchdowns. That's really what I want to see. Keep fighting for those yards. The offensive line, though, wasn't great at run blocking last season. They took a step back, so it's hard to just blame it on A.J. Dillon. But I do want to see him look more like the second-round pick where he was drafted. I like him. Great dude. Great teammate. Just want to see, like, that power. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Would you want to see him in more of a fullback role where he's more like we talked about, I think it was last week or two weeks ago about all star kind of what he was for work done. Uh, I don't know if he'd even agree to do that or if he'd want to do that, but would you want to see him in maybe more of that role where it's kind of an eye formation? He's kind of out in front of Aaron Jones. You got the short handoff to Dylan uh, or something like that. Uh, or he's the, the lead guy going into the hole for, for Aaron Jones and blowing somebody up. Yeah, that's, I, I would like to see that. I mean, that, that'd be fine with me. I don't want him just to be, you know, a, a fullback or a blocker. I still want him to get 12, 15 carries sure. per game. Because really when it comes down to it, but I do, yes, I want to see him on the field with Aaron Jones more. And we saw that more towards the end of the season. But I wouldn't care if, you know, you were playing him more as a fullback as long as – I wouldn't care if you played DeGuara in that role uh, as well because now you have some pass-catching tight ends. He was supposed to be this like super back type player. I wouldn't care if they picked up a fullback off the streets. I just, I don't know if LaFleur is going to do that here with this offense, but yeah, I do want to see him on the field with uh, AJ Moore and kind of like take on that more power back role for sure. The other guy uh, that probably is on a, a list of three is probably uh, the center for uh, your green Bay Packers. And that's Josh Myers, uh, Luke Butkus again from Ryan Woods, Twitter account, Luke Butkus, the offensive line coach says he has no concerns with Josh Myers after struggling in the second season. He said last year was effectively a rookie year for Myers, who only played seven games as a rookie. Quote, Josh Myers is a hell of a kid, a hell of a player, and we expect him to be here for a long time. This is my thing. Sean Ryan, according to Luke Buckus, you know, the guy that's suspended, uh, is going to play a guard, but will also take some center snaps this spring. Then uh, let's talk about uh, our other guy uh, that we all love. Zach Tom uh, and Goody said when they drafted him, he thought his best position was probably center. But then as he, as he played guard and tackle last year, Goody's like, whoa, he's better than maybe we thought he was. So if you took Zach Tom thinking his best position was center and you had Josh Myers, 
going off of what seven games his rookie year, and you still won and took this dude. I don't know, man. I mean, that's two guys from that that draft class and Ryan and Zach Tom that you're saying are going to take snaps at center. Your offensive line coach is saying, "Oh, he's our guy." I don't know. I I, I hope he's the guy. I, I think he played better his rookie year than he did his second yeah. year. Uh, but if I if I'm Myers, I, I don't feel all that comfortable. Like you better be playing, kind of viewing it as my job is on the line. My butt is on the line. If I don't play well, Zach Tom's going to take my job. Or this Sean Ryan kid, who none of us have seen really last year, he may take my job. You yeah. better play with that sense of urgency going forward, Ryan. I just want it to be a short leash for Josh Myers because, I mean, yeah, we could talk about how good he looked as a rookie, but he only played seven games as a rookie, man. So right. there were struggles last year. And last year, everything was a mess, though, on the offensive side of the ball. Like the play calling stunk. Rodgers even stunk. Young receivers. The running game never really took off. So I do want to see more here year three. Can he make that big leap? But it's pretty concerning that he didn't make that leap year two. And we see that with some guys that struggle year two. And those are usually the guys that aren't going to pan out. You know what I mean? When you have enough film out there. I just want it to be a short leash with uh, Josh Myers because gone is Aaron Rodgers. Not that you ever wanted to see, you know, Rodgers get angry with the center or, you know, uh, fumble a snap or get sacked. But with Jordan Love, a young quarterback, we just, we can't have this miscommunication. And Again, you have to protect Jordan Love. You have to have your five best offensive linemen out there every single Sunday. Your best combination. If you got to move guys around, you got to move guys around. But I want this to be a short leash because Josh Myers drove me absolutely insane. Like when I'm yelling out the center's name from my couch as just a casual fan, like that's a problem, right? Like that that's a big problem. When you're watching the All-22 and you're just pointing him out on every single play, like where the hell is this? What is this guy doing? And you, and you saw it with Rodgers. Like, he was frustrated with him all season long. We'll see how his relationship is with Jordan Love. But I just want it to be a short leash, man, or get somebody in there that can play. I don't care who it is. This is the thing. I don't think it can be a short leash. Whoever you put in there, I think, has to be essentially pretty much given a majority of the year because you don't want to be a rotating door of centers with a first-year starting quarterback in Jordan Love. That is the absolute <laughs> worst thing that could happen. If Josh Myers goes out there and after three weeks, they're like, yeah, you're really not that good. Okay. So we're going to give this uh, gig to Sean Ryan because Zach Tom's out playing, you know, guard or tackle or whatever the heck he's doing at this point. So Ryan comes in. He stinks after three weeks. Oh, let's try Zach Tom. You cannot put Jordan Love into that situation. He's got enough to worry about with young wide receivers, young tight ends. He does not have to be worrying about getting the snap from center because I think we don't know. I think, Ryan, he'll be under center more than Rodgers was this year versus shotgun. Yeah, and that's what I want to see. Again, especially when you're running the football. Like, and you got A.J. Dillon out there. Like, put Jordan Love under center. Use him the right way. I agree with that. So, But, but man, I mean, if it's a mess the first three, four weeks of the season, you start one and three, I think you kind of got to get some things figured out because this season's all about evaluating Jordan Love. And if he can't get on the same page as his center – I mean, I, it's 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 much easier to find your next center in the draft next year through free agency, right? Than it is to find your next quarterback. So I would think I just, next year is about finding the new left tackle. I think that's what next year is going to be about. I agree, but this year is all about figuring out can yep. Jordan Love can play. So I just don't want the same stuff happening to him that happened to Rodgers last season because the offensive line play was terrible.
So I think we both agree. I don't know. We haven't talked about this, but I think we both agree that Myers is definitely on our top three. Uh, if nothing else at this point, he's one of our top three. Uh, is AJ Dillon one of your top three or what is your list right now for top three Packer players that need a bounce back here this year for Green Bay? Yeah, AJ Dillon's actually number one for me. Um, just because I was jacked for AJ Dillon last season. I bet him at BetMGM to have over five and a half rushing touchdowns. I thought that was a really short number. I thought he was going to be this power back as a sports better. I'm betting on him every week to get into the end zone because you know, with LaFleur's offense, it's supposed to be this running type offense, multiple backs, multiple tight ends. And you draft this dude in the second round and, you know, in he just didn't have the year that we wanted him to have. So I do have A.J. Dillon on that list. I need to see more. And uh, I was happy to read those quotes because I feel like A.J. Dillon every year kind of gets a free pass from the fans because he's always in Door County or something like that. So he's number one on my list. This guy's going to be number two on my list just because, I mean, I'm reading these quotes from Ryan Wood's social media account, and it looks like they're going to give him another shot, and that's Darnell Savage. Yep. Like he, he has to bounce back. Here's why he has to bounce back. Like, he doesn't have to be an all-pro or a pro bowler. He needs to prove that he could play in this league. Like, what is – he doesn't like to tackle, so he's not a special teams player. Do you play him in nickel? Do you play him in dime? I mean, he could be out of the league. Like, look at some of these guys that the Packers have started at defensive back or at safety. You know what I mean? Like, where's uh, where's Rollins at right now? And where's, you know, like ha half of these dudes? So he could be out of the league. And that was a guy that I loved out of Maryland, man. And he does show flashes. It's just been a long time. So I'm going to have him number two. You know, number three is kind of tough for me because I don't want to say Romeo Dobbs. He had a nice start to the season, looked like he lost some confidence and then got injured. But I would like to see him have a bounce back year, kind of the same way that he was playing the first couple weeks of the season. On the offensive line, you know, David Bakhtiari just has to complete four quarters every single week because when he is out there, he looked pretty good. I would say probably Elton Jenkins, up to his standards, needs to have a bounce back year, put him back in his natural position. You know, I think he needs to have a bounce back year. And on the defensive side of the ball for me, I said crazy. three guys, dude. You're naming the whole team. Well, no, no, but but because well, well, Dobbs isn't on my list because okay, he, okay. For me, it's gonna be Jair. Like Jair needs to prove to me that he's the shutdown all-pro player. Yeah, he shut down Justin Jefferson week 15, week 16, whatever it was, with help from the safeties up top. But I mean, he had some bad games, man. I was there for one of them against the Commanders. Terry McLaurin cooked him all day long. You can't, you can't have that from your shutdown corner that's making all that money. You know, and, and he wants to follow guys. He wants to be on an island. Prove it this year. Uh, have a year that Jalen Ramsey had a couple years ago. So I'm going to throw Jair on that list. So for me, Elton Jenkins, A.J. Dillon, Jair Alexander. That's my three. It's so hard to narrow this list down, man. Yes. Nobody was really good last year. Correct. Like, who was good? No, this absolutely right. So for me, it would be uh, number one. Uh, as Josh Myers, I think it's critical to the success of this quarterback that he has to be right. Not only does he have to be right in blocking for him, but he has to be right in making the right calls for protection uh, to help out Jordan Love as well. And some of that will fall on Jordan Love from what he sees, but he has to be really good. Uh, so Josh Myers is one. I'll tell you who number two is. You didn't bring him up. Kenny Clark. But oh, yeah. You you have to get back to being the dude again. You were missing in action too often, too, too, too often throughout last season. Uh, not even knowing uh, whether or not he was on the field. He wasn't hurt. He was out there, not getting much accomplished, but he was he was definitely out there. And that that has to change uh, too, I think. So 
that would be my second one. And my third one, Devondre Campbell. He he didn't have that all pro type here as he did the previous year. And he has to be better. If you're going to tell me that you have to be better at tackling and you have to be better at stopping the run. Those are the two things Joe Barry talked about. If that's what you're going to have to do to get better, Devondre Campbell has to play better. Has to. At the end of the day, he's one of the key guys that's going to help stop the run and fill gaps and, and do that. And Kenny Clark is another guy that'll be important in, in getting that deal done. So you're going to be better. Those two guys have to play better. And I don't disagree with Alexander, but as you said, we only have a list of three, probably could have a list of 10. Yeah. Probably fill up all 10 spots. Yeah. You know what? I'm actually going to swap him out for Kenny Clark. I've been saying that the last two years, man, about Kenny Clark. Like don't compare this guy to Aaron Donald until he shows up and he looks like Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? At the same time though, I've also made plenty of excuses for Kenny Clark. You got to get him some help on that defensive line. You know, Um, Dean Lowry was fine for being a role player, but we're running out of excuses here for a lot of these guys completely agree. If we're going to Vondre Campbell, let's also throw out Rasul Douglas then too. I don't need to see three defensive holding penalties every single game. Both of those guys are aggressed. It's a tough list to make man, because everybody, when you think about it, everybody stunk. Everybody stunk for the most part. Yep. I mean, absolutely correct. Except for, you know, you saw some flashes from the rookies, Aaron Jones in the biggest game of the season, fumbled the ball away again. Uh, AJ Dillon wasn't Mike Allstott or Derrick Henry like we were like we were told. The offensive line took a step back. David Bakhtiari couldn't complete four quarters to save his life. The defense was a huge letdown. I'm trying to think of like who impressed me on the defensive side of the ball last year, other than I guess Rashawn Gary for a couple games. Yeah, right. I, I mean, there's there's just not a lot to talk about. <laughs> Everybody needs to bounce back. Yes, I, there's yeah. absolutely no question about it that everybody has to bounce back. All right. Let's move to topic number two. What's your top five teams in the NFC? Top five teams in the NFC. This is more difficult, I think, uh, than anything else. Like we're going to do top five in the AFC in the next segment. That's a lot easier. Top five in the NFC becomes very, very difficult, I believe, uh, as we make this list kind of going forward here. All right, Ryan Horvath, would you like to start or would you like me to start? All right, I'll go first here because I have kind of a hot take that I want to throw out before I get to my number one. I have Fine. a big bet on the Dallas Cowboys to represent the yeah. NFC in the Super Bowl, to lift and break the curse, get one more for Jerry. The big guy, Mike McCarthy, takes over play calling. They're going to run the football. Dak is going to have a huge year this year. Defensively, I actually like the Stephon Gilmore pickup for that secondary. Man. Gilmore was good last year picks. for the Colts. That's what I'm saying. And now you have Micah Parsons trying to get himself paid. He wants to be on the field every single down. They're going to make him a classic defensive end. You have Dan Quinn, who's going to be in his bag this year, trying to get a head coaching gig. Everybody's talking about the Eagles and the Niners, rightfully so. I'm betting Dallas to represent the NFC. And I'm going to take a shot with them to win the division as well. So my power ratings, though. The reason I say that is injuries, too, because the Eagles are built around. Remember, like, last year? when we were making the case where people were talking about Jalen as being the MVP of the league, they kept saying, though, he was a system quarterback. Right. And then he got injured, and Gardner Minshew came in, and they couldn't win a football game, and the offense couldn't score points. Yep. No, Jalen's really awesome. He's 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 probably the best quarterback in the NFC. So um, he gets hurt, though. I think they're big screwed. They do lose some guys. I like what they did in the draft, bringing in all those guys from Georgia. So I still will have the Eagles 
number one, but man, we see it every year. There's always a Super Bowl hangover for the team that gets beat. The Bengals started out slow even last year. So Eagles right now, my number one. My number two uh, has to be San Francisco with that defense. Fred Warner, best inside linebacker in the league. Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year. The secondary, you can beat them deep, uh, but that's really their only weakness. On the offensive side of the ball, we don't even know who the starting quarterback's going to be. We think it's going to be Brock Purdy when he's able to throw the ball here in a couple weeks. But even if it's Sam Darnold, I think Sam Darnold could have a nice season with Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. And also, this is kind of like Super Bowl or bust for San Francisco. They went all in for McCaffrey last year. How many more good years does he have left in them? They don't have first-round picks forever. And you have Debo, you have Brandon Ayuk, and you have George Kittle. How much longer are you going to have all those guys? Maybe Kittle's gone next year. Maybe it's somebody else. You just re-upped on Debo. I'll still go San Francisco number two. Number three for me, um, I'm actually going to take Dallas here, man. I think Dallas is going to have a nice season. I just gave all those reasons why. Here's where it gets tough for me. Yep. Because you had the Lions win the NFC North last year. I don't see that happening this year. You had Tampa Bay win the NFC South last year. No quarterback. That ain't happening this year with Baker Mayfield. So I'm actually going to go with the Seattle Seahawks as my number four. I love what they did this offseason. Now you have two capable running backs, and Kenneth Walker wasn't even healthy the whole season. You get more weapons for Geno Smith. Uh, they're rebuilding that defense. Now you have an actual secondary, the best secondary they've had since the Legion of Boom. I'm going to take Seattle uh, as my number four. And then my number five, you know, you have the Giants who made the playoffs last year. I think there's going to be some regression, and I love Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka. I think the Commanders could be a surprise team, but also they're starting Sam Howell, and we don't know if he's any good. I'm going to go with the Lions, man, because we have to judge off the second half of last season. They're top 10 in DVOA offensively and de defensively. They're in probably the weakest division. And uh, we saw how they played the last eight weeks of the season. My take is that if the Lions would have got into the playoffs, they probably would have went to the Super Bowl, man. Like, they got better defensively. They did. Jared Goff had his best season. So, for me, Philadelphia number one, San Francisco number two, Dallas number three, Seattle number four, number five, Detroit. Well, we have the same five teams, oh, uh, really? just not in the same order. I've okay. got uh, Seattle at five, Detroit at four, San Fran at three, Dallas at two, and Philly in one. And the reason I've got Dallas and San Francisco flipped is because we don't know who the quarterback is currently. So that's why they're at three. Uh, and Detroit, I just feel like they're getting better and better. Uh, and as, as much as we could say you don't like the running back pick, uh, you know, early on that they took the kid out of Alabama, I think he's going to be the guy they build this offense around now. And it's yeah. going to be all about this dude. And the wide receiver from Alabama, that sucks because he's going to miss them for what, the first six to eight games or whatever it was for this gambling stuff. So they're going to wait, have to wait for him to come back. I, I me personally, I think they needed wide receivers. I, I, I don't, I don't quite understand why they look at their wide receivers and go, Oh yeah, we're good. I, I, I don't, I just don't feel that way. I feel like they needed more for Jared Goff than what they gave Jared Goff uh, at this point. But I think that Detroit offense will be better this year. Seattle, I put at five reluctantly. I didn't want to put Seattle at five. I don't trust Geno Smith. I think last year was a fluke. I'm not buying Geno at all. Um, but everybody else, there's just too many damn question marks. Like everybody in the South is, we don't know. Like the Saints, I was debating New Orleans, just New Orleans and Seattle. You know, that, that debate of, because the Saints should win the South. You would think, I mean, providing yeah. they can stay healthy, right? Kamara and Thomas stay healthy with Kara at quarterback. That should be enough with what normally is a decent defense for the Saints 
to win the South, you know, going forward. You've got inexperience in Carolina quarterback, inexperience in Atlanta at quarterback. You don't even have a quarterback in Tampa. I mean, so if from that perspective, the, the Saints are probably going to win just based on facing their division. They're probably going to win 10, 11, 12 games, Ryan, which is insane. Really quick on that, though. So, yeah, you would think that, and I bet that because I'm paper, man, and I bet them last year. Uh, their win total was eight and a half with Jameis. And I was like, Jameis will win this team 10 games because of the defense. The defense was fourth overall. They're a top five defense. Yep. And they still had a losing record. And they were trotting Andy Dalton out there. And here's my problem. Yeah, okay, you upgrade with Derek Carr, even though I'm not the biggest Derek Carr fan. He's definitely an upgrade over anything they've had since Drew Brees. And even those last couple of years of Drew Brees were not good at all. But you said it. If Kamara stays healthy. He's already suspended the first four games of the season for that fight from Probably two years ago. Probably should be ago. more than that, to be honest with you. So the Packers way. catch him at the right time. If Michael Thomas stays healthy. I did that last year, man. You know what? The last report I saw on him last week, he has like a mental, a mental, a metal plate in his foot or something like yeah. that. Yeah. They just installed. That's so cool. those are big question marks. Now they do have, I like their young guys a lot, though. Um, so I'm with you. The Saints should win that division, but I feel like there's just way too many question marks. And who knows, you know? Maybe Carolina's good right away because they were a good team the second half of the season. They were a really good running offense. And maybe Bryce Young just really is that guy. You know, like Jalen, like uh, he just steps in and he is that guy. I still worry about, actually, that defense was fine. I would like them more than I would like Atlanta if I was going to pick a team outside of the Saints. But the Saints should win that division. I just, I can't put them above Seattle. I can't because Seattle went to the playoffs last year and Gino kind of did come back down to earth the final eight weeks of the season. Sure did. But that's why I like that they went out and got them more weapons in the draft. They fixed up the defense. Tyreek Woolen's awesome. So I have to stick with them. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints won 11, 12 games. But I also wouldn't be shocked if the Saints did what they did last year or won four or five games and were just a complete mess. That's what I'm that's saying. Seattle won and got him JSN. The Saints to me didn't do enough. I don't think. Not the Saints. Uh, Detroit didn't do enough to help out Jared Goff. But but see, this is the other thing. When we sit here and we talk about Atlanta and what they're at, if Ritter is average, that offense should be really good. If he's just average, right? And then defensively, which has been a complete disaster, they spent like half of their salary cap on the defensive side of the ball, signing dudes to one-year deals here, two-year deals there. They just loaded up with a bunch of veteran players on the defensive side of the ball. So you have no idea, will that team be any better than they are? Will the guys they signed just completely flame out? I think they're a large question mark. I think if I had to pick somebody other than the Saints to win that division, I think I would pick Atlanta and thinking maybe Desmond Ritter uh, will be better. I was listening to the Locked On, uh, what is it? Locked On Scouting Podcast, I think it's called. And they're doing one team. Uh, every day or something like that. And yeah. I reached out to the guy, Joe Marino is one of the guys that does it. Him and Kyle Krabs, I think is the guy's name. And to get them on once they do the Packers. And they're doing the Packers on May 31st. So we'll get those guys on after they do the Packers. But I was listening to the Falcons one, and they were talking about Ritter. They essentially, to help Ritter out, because remember, he came from Cincinnati, Luke Fickle. Oh, yeah. They were only giving him half-field reads. That was it. That's how they, they simplified it. Just half-field reads, that's all this is going to be. We're not going to expect you to even read the whole damn field. And then what was happening was he'd get in some trouble, and instead of running to the half of the field that he had the receivers and the reads on, he ran to the other side of the field yeah. where he had nobody on that side of the field, and then would get forced out of bounds or get sacked or whatever the case may be. So I have my questions about how good this kid's going to be, but that's something we're going to have to wait and see. 
I don't like Desmond Ritter. I hate saying that, like, because he deserves a full season to show what he can do. Yeah, but four I games. Really, I didn't love him. At, I didn't love him at Cincinnati. I mean, I love the team, but I love the team because of Fickle and because of the defensive right. side of the ball, because of Sauce Gardner and those boys, not because of him. So um, the good thing for Atlanta, though, is if you do stink. See, the problem is, man, I don't know that they'd stink bad enough, though, to get a Caleb Williams or to get a Drake. No. Nope. But that offense is built for right now. I mean, you have Kyle Pitts. You have Drake London. You have – Bijan Robinson. That offensive he, line has all bunch of guys that just run blocking, just guys. mall guys like Matthews and Lindstrom and and those guys. They just kill guys. And now they're just in like, how are they going to use Tyler Algier? How are they going to use Patterson? They're just going to have so many weapons. You might be right though. Like if Ritter could just read the defense, just, and just run the offense. You're right. That might be nine, ten wins. Because they're not going to ask him to throw the ball. They're not going to ask him to throw the ball forty times a game. There's no chance. No. They're going to run it just like you. We think Lafleur's going to run it. And I saw who was it, Bijan or Algier, one of those guys. And again, th- this term here is so overused. Oh, we're going to be thunder and lightning. Yeah, of course, right. AJ Dillon heard... and Aaron Jones, thunder and lightning, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that enough. Who's, it was who's thunder? That's they didn't name themselves. Thunder's right? Algier. Thunder is oh, no, Algier. That offense, yes. I don't know who it was with, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Well, Thunder had to be Dillon. Lightning has to be Jones. Do you remember Ron Dane and Barber with the Giants when Dane actually had a little bit of a run in the NFL? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, really quick on the pack, is Aaron Jones actually runs harder than A.J. Dillon. He's just a lot smaller, unfortunately. I do remember that run for Ron Dane, though. And that's what I wanted the Packers to have. Yep. You know? Even That's what the Giants had when they kicked our ass a couple of years ago. They had the big power back, Brandon Jacobs, but then they would have like the shifty type backs too. You need that. No doubt. All right, let's go. Top five in the AFC. This one, I understand. Some of you may not care about this. I I care about this because I want to see what Horvat does with his Jets. And they're not his Jets. He's a Rodgers guy. Okay, so if Rodgers goes to the Vikings next year, then this will be fun to see what what happens with Horvat. But providing he's with the Jets here going forward, he's going to root for the Jets. He already said it. He's going yeah. to root for the Jets because he loves Rodgers, which is totally fine and acceptable. I have no problem with it. As all, and he said if the Jets and the Packers play the Super Bowl, he's obviously rooting for the Packers. He's yeah. clarified that as well, so get off his back. All right, Horvat. One through five in the AFC. Go. This, all right, so this is tough. Really quick, do you want me to give you this list based off of last year or based off how I think that we finished this year? Because then I got hot takes for it. Okay, good, good, good. All right, number one team in the AFC for me will not be the Kansas City Chiefs this year. It will not be the New York Jets this year. It will not be the Cincinnati Bengals this year. It will not be the Buffalo Bills this year. Don't come in with the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. My my Super Bowl pick coming into the season. No way. You get Justin Herbert finally. With a play caller and Kellen Moore, who I don't even know is all that good. He's not. He's going to let him push the ball down the field. <sighs> Joe Lombardi had Justin Herbert playing in the Drew Brees offense. Right? <sighs> you get Quentin Johnston, which means you have a speedy 6'3 wide receiver. Yeah. Because we know Mike Williams is not going to stay healthy for an entire season. Correct. We know Keenan Allen is not going to stay healthy for an entire yep. season. No longer does that matter. You upgrade at the tight end position. On the defensive side of the ball, here's where you were a huge letdown. You have Brandon Staley, who's this defensive genius, yet the defense has regressed every year since he's taken over for Anthony Lynn. But, dude, J.C. Jackson, when they picked him up, was the best defensive back, a top three defensive back. He had a terrible year. He was hurt, off the field, trouble. They're saying he looks healthy. He's ready to go. Joey Bosa, I think, is a sneaky pick to be defensive player of the year. I know everybody hates him. Cleo Mack, if he could stay healthy. You know, they just have way too much talent. On paper, if you look at that team, they're the best team in the league. On paper. They just have to live up to the hype and stay healthy. I think they do that this year. 
I like the Chargers. I'm going to make them my number one team in the AFC. Number two in the AFC this year, I'm going to put the, God, this is tough. Um, I'll go Chargers number one. I do have to go with the Chiefs number two because it's Patrick Mahomes. The only Thank thing you. that scares me is the receiver room, but that scared everybody last year, not so much me. But who's the number one? Is it MVS? Is it Sky Moore? We don't really know. Um, I just see them more of a, like a 12-13 win team. Not that that's terrible. That's pretty good. They went 14-3 and three last year. So I'm going to go Chargers number one, Chiefs number two. Number three, I'm actually going to go Cincinnati here just because it's Super Bowl or bust this year for Joe Burrow. My only concern is they've stayed healthy the last couple of years, man. If he goes down, they're big screwed. Uh, but you have T. Higgins for one more year. You have Jamar Chase. Did you see that? They're talking about they're going to they're gonna keep all three of them long-term. That's what they're saying. If you sign big money to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, you could kiss that defense goodbye. It's yeah, all done. You'll never win another Super Bowl if you spend big money on all three of those dudes. I know they all want to play together. You can't do that and expect to win at a high level. Yeah. I agree, man. Number four, I'm going to go with the New York Jets. Aaron no. Rodgers is the starting quarterback. This is way too low. They could be my number one at the end of the year. But let's see what this offense looks like. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, man, one of the best in the league last year. Sauce Gardner as a rookie was the top shutdown corner. And now all they, they were a quarterback away. And now you have Aaron Rodgers. You're going to get Brees Hall back. He was going to be rookie of the year. The only reason he didn't win it is because he got hurt. Right. So then Garrett Wilson, your best wide receiver, just wins it. They just have too many weapons, too much talent. You got a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. I think that's worth 12 wins. And then number five, I'm going to leave the Bills and the Dolphins off this list, actually. I'm going to put the uh, Baltimore Ravens as my number five. Lamar actually has weapons. And I love what they've done with Odell Beckham Jr. because it's only a one-year deal. Sure, you overpaid, but it's one year. So if he's a complete bust, you don't have him around next year defensively I know they're not the defense that they were like five six years ago but I still like them a lot they pay Roquan Smith a hundred million dollars after acquiring him so I think for right now that's going to be my top five list but this is tough man I'm going to go Chargers one Chiefs two I'm going to go Bengals three Jets four Ravens five but I man, wrote all of our lists down I have AFC and NFC both on my phone I was looking down typing all of this in as as Ryan was giving us his list, and I already have my list uh, typed up as well. So here is my list for the AFC uh, going into, you know, the summertime. Uh, number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. I am not leaving that bandwagon. Number three, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Not leaving that bandwagon either. Number four, I'll put the Chargers there. And I, I listen, I don't disagree with Ryan Horvath's take on talent. He's right. On paper, the Chargers are loaded. The problem that I have is that offensive coordinator stinks, I think. He stunk as a quarterback in the NFL, and he stinks as a coordinator. That's why McCarthy had to try and do it himself in Dallas. But we'll see if Kellen Moore is any good. So Chargers four. Five, I also have the Baltimore Ravens at five. The Jets do not make my top five list. As I've stated before, and I'll state again, I think they're going to be somewhere around nine, 10 wins. That's, that's where I think this is, this whole thing is going to play out going forward, but whatever happens, please do not let Ryan Aaron Rodgers get hurt. I just, please, I want that first round pick. I, I don't care how good they are, how bad they are. Just keep the man upright for 65% of the snaps. So the Packers can get their picks 
uh, after this year. The other thing that crossed my mind, Ryan Horvath, is do they go back to the well and make another trade next offseason for Bakhtiari? Because Becton is all mad, which was their left tackle for the Jets. And Salah came out and said, go earn left tackle if you want to play left tackle. Go earn it. Because there's yeah. been a lot of talk about him going to right tackle. So if Becton doesn't play this well or doesn't play well this year, Bakhtiari's cap number is a lot easier to deal with if they were to trade him or cut him after this upcoming season. Do they go and they give him Bakhtiari to the Jets too in exchange for some draft picks uh, and give him Rodgers and Bakhtiari and you let him have Lazard and Cobb? Do you think Goody would do that? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know if I could even do that. I, I don't know if I could give the Jets Bakhtiari to go along with Rodgers and everybody else. I, but I don't why? know if I could do it. I think I, the- I would go looking for somebody else to trade him to. Yeah, but why? I mean, they're in the AFC. It's a team that you know will overpay maybe for David Bakhtiari. I mean, I'm taking the best deal. That's what I'm doing. But I, I think, man, that's the way that you do business. You don't have to see them, barely, the Jets. And maybe if you go to the Super Bowl. So I would do it. Let's go to the next question I have. Not a topic on here. I just am curious. How close talent-wise is the AFC top to bottom versus how close is the talent level between the top of the NFC and the bottom of the NFC? Because we all agree the AFC is loaded compared to the NFC. So I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, who's got more talent? We all know the AFC is loaded. We all know the NFC isn't. But where is the talent gap the biggest between top and bottom of a conference? For me, I think the talent gap is largest probably in the NFC more so than the AFC. Because even the Raiders, who aren't going to be that good, are still probably better than at least half of what the NFC is going to put out this year, is my guess, with Jimmy G at quarterback, right? That That's probably Miami. Yeah. We don't have them in our top five. If Tua stays healthy, they're going to be better than probably a majority of the teams in the NFC at this point. Nobody's talking about the Browns, but if Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson, Cleveland's going to be a problem for people. If he gets back to playing at the level he was playing before he got in all of his trouble, they're going to be a problem. The Steelers are going to be better with Kenny Pickett. Mike Tomlin's teams don't suck. That's just not something that happens. His teams never suck. So they're going to be competitive and good. Like Legitimately, if they said... Top teams, top 16 teams make it. How many teams make it from the NFC if they were to do it that way this year? Two or three? Maybe? See, that's a great question. The Eagles, yes. I can make the case for. The Cowboys, I can make the case for, which I know we laugh because it's Dallas. Um, maybe Detroit, maybe, if they live up to the hype. Which yeah, is a two or three team. teams. And then, and then San Francisco. And then, and you know, you know when you really notice, like, the difference between the AFC and the NFC is when you look at the quarterbacks, man, like look at, you just said it in the AFC, even the Raiders have Jimmy Garoppolo who has played in a Super Bowl. The Broncos have Russell Wilson who could have a bounce back year and be an MVP. The Chargers have Justin Herbert. The Chiefs have Patrick fricking Mahomes, right? The Texans have their young guy. The Colts have their young guy. The Titans, they stink. They have Ryan Tannehill, but somehow like they they have a young guy too, man. And they have a young guy too. He just and Levis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Levis. I forget about him. <laughs> the man. We all try to. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Deshaun Watson could have a huge bounce back year and be an MVP in Cleveland if he just keeps his head on straight. Kenny Pickett's way better than I expected. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Tua, 
who looked like the MVP before, yep. you know, he had all those concussions again last year. And then Josh Allen. Listen to the NFC quarterbacks, man. <laughs> I know, I we even... don't have to do this. No, 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 we do I, I, Colt I know. McCoy, Matt Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, Desmond Ritter, um, a bunch of rookies, Jordan Love, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins. Trey Lance. Or yep. not Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Don't yep. kill me, Bears, man. Sorry. Right. But I mean, that's, that's what it is. Really notice, man. But if you go, if you go just look at the top quarterbacks in the NFC, Derek Carr's on that list, right? Oh, yeah. Derek, Derek Carr's on that list without question. If you took Derek Carr and put him in the AFC, he's not on a top five list over there. There's no chance. No, no we did that. Right. I mean, but you put him over in the NFC side, he's on that list. I that that the quarterback plays, no doubt, is, is definitely something. Uh, to be reckoned with. With all that, all those years in the NBA, remember, the Western Conference was dominant. The Eastern Conference was trying to figure it out, right? And yeah. they had LeBron on the East. And then LeBron goes to the West, and the talent cap gets even worse. And we're going to wrap up the podcast with this. We're going to, we started with the NBA and the Bucks. I want to end one more because, again, I have Horvat here. It, we should be doing a four hour talk show together, talking everything, but that's besides the point. Uh, Horvat. Have you ever seen a team quit like the Boston Celtics did in game three? I have never in my life seen a conference series determining to go to the NBA finals and a team just rolled over and died. Like, I I don't even know. I don't even know. And they gave that coach, Missoula, who I said before the playoffs started, will cost them a series. They will not go to the NBA finals. Yeah. It's not all on him, though. I mean, Tatum, Jalen eh. Brown been Horrible, Jalen yeah. Brown. Oh my God, you should be ashamed of yourself. How bad you've been? I, I, I've never seen a team quit in a, in a conference finals, and they they quit. Glad that you actually asked me this question because you could get a classic Horvat ran out of this. Because my co-hosts, they love the NBA more than anything, man. Like yeah. I hope to love anything on this planet one day the way that they love the NBA. So I just went on this big rant in a group text today because they just keep texting and texting about these teams and about the NBA and about this coaching search. And I'm all in on football already. Not gonna lie, Sparky, because. Yes, I have seen a team quit the way that the Boston Celtics quit in Game 3. I actually just saw it a week ago, not even a week ago, against the Boston Celtics, and it was a Game 7, and it was the Philadelphia 76ers, who in the second half of that game, James Harden, who's making all that money, he's a former MVP of the league, was too scared of the big moment once again. But what was even more disappointing is the MVP of the league, Joel Embiid, who averaged 33 points per game in the regular season, that dipped all the way to 23 points per game in the playoffs. And you know why? He just doesn't have that dog in him. He doesn't have whatever it is that Giannis has. And I know Giannis misses free throws down the stretch, but at least he goes out fighting. You know what I mean? Joel Embiid, when the going got tough for the third straight year, quit. It was a nine-point game. Boston went on a run. He didn't want to fight back. He quit the same way Boston did last night. And that's my problem with the NBA, man. I mean, it's the problem is these guys are making so much money. I hate to be I hate to be this guy, but like they'll cut to the bench. A team like Philadelphia will be getting blown out or a team like Boston will be getting blown out. And you'll see guys like Grant Williams, maybe like Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams. They're having a good old time laughing on the bench. What do you think happens in 1994 if the Bulls are down 20 points in the Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> game and Bill Wennington and Judd Bushler and Steve Kerr are laughing at the end of the bench? Oh we know my what God. happens. What happened to Steve Kerr at the Birdo Center when Steve exactly. when he got a little lippy with Michael Jordan? <laughs> yeah. He got punched in the face. This yep. league is so soft because these guys make so much money. Jason Tatum last night spent so much time trying to find his shiny white suit that he forgot to bring his balls to the arena in the biggest game of the year. That team has way too much talent. Yeah, Joe Missoula sucks, man. He's not a good coach. But you have two guys, Jalen Brown 
and Jason Tatum that are all NBA first team. You know, Jason Tatum, we're talking about this guy like he's an MVP. And last year in the NBA finals, he did the same thing, but we made excuses. He was injured. It was his shoulder. And instead, he's text messaging Kobe. Yo, I got you today. Bad news. He's not texting you back, Jason. (laughs) I've had enough of it. I'm so sick of this league. Like, you know, like the Grizzlies pissed me off, the whole Dylan Brooks thing, and them dancing around the place, and John Morant with the guns. Like, put the guns away. You have a Nike endorsement. Kids are looking up to you. You're the number one jersey sale in the league. It's like, you know, the guys that I'm rooting for, I, I, I still like, I'll watch LeBron, even though he's cooked, like Giannis. I mean, there are some guys I feel like still care. But I think it's like 80-20. I'd say 80% of the league doesn't care about about winning or about winning a ring. LeBron. The only guys that care are the top guys. You know, like the Kevin Durant. They don't want their legacies tarnished because they never got a ring. They don't want to be the next Charles Barkley. But for the most part, these guys, these guys just want to make money, man. And we see that. Like, the playoffs have been terrible. Blowout after blowout. The last time we had two conference final series, I believe, that were 3-0 was in 1992. And it was in the uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, they. I mean, there have been a couple of good series. That Kings Warriors series was really good. Uh, Warriors Lakers looked oh, okay. I was just on the game in San Francisco on Friday morning, uh, and they of course want to talk about the Giannis video that went viral on Golden State. La 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 la, whatever. Uh, and I, I just and I I said it on their show, and I'll tell you what exactly what I said. I said Draymond Green would be out of this league had he been not been drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, league. I mean, he's getting paid to be a a role player in a perfect system. When Curry and those guys were hurt, what did Draymond Green do? Not a damn thing. Couldn't score. His assists were down. Everything. He was he was horrible. He was worthless. He was absolutely yeah. worthless on the court. If he would have got drafted by the Pistons, he's done. Not in the league anymore. It's no chance. He got put into a perfect situation. They followed that up with, okay, well, if you think that of him, what do you think of Clay? And I said the same thing I think about Middleton. If Curry wants Clay, they're going to keep Clay. If Curry's okay moving on from Clay for Lillard or somebody else, then Clay's gone. Same thing with Middleton. If Giannis wants Middleton, Middleton's staying. If Giannis is like, okay, we'll move on from Middleton, but what are you getting me back? And the name they tell him is good and better than Chris, and he's good with it, then Chris won't be back. That's that's how that goes, regardless of whether or not we think Clay deserves the money or whether or not we think Middleton deserves the money. Those superstars on those teams will determine if their secondary wingmen are back or not. That's just how this is going to work. Because otherwise, especially in Giannis's case, you don't make him happy. He's got two years left on his deal. You don't want to piss him off at this point. Yeah. That's and not that's, a good it, idea. That's why everything that he does, though, in the offseason, like the Warriors video, that's smart because you're still, without putting pressure on the front office, putting pressure on the front office. I got to be honest. I've been the biggest Chris Middleton defender. I love Chris Middleton, but I think it's time for him to go. I don't want to pay Chris Middleton all that money. I don't think the Bucks, and it's crazy to say this because, again, you know, they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if they could win the finals, though, with that roster. I think that they need another guy that could get buckets. I think, I mean, Giannis is the best player in the league, but I just don't want him to be my closer. Again, as crazy as that sounds. Correct. You're right. 50 points in game, yes. game six of the NBA Finals just two years ago. But, like, we don't want to see him. He's afraid to go to the charity stripe late in games. He's missing 13, 14 free throws again. I don't want my seven-footer shooting mid-range jumpers. I want a guy like Jamal Murray. That's why the Nuggets are going to the finals or about to go to the finals this year. Jokic is the best player on the planet, but we've seen it just be Jokic in the playoffs the last two years. When Those guys Murray have been hurt. And he can't get it because you need a guy, a shot creator, and that's what yep. Jamal Murray is. 
You know, you could put him in the pick and roll. I like Drew, but he gives so much effort on the defensive end. He's usually gassed at the end of those games. I think they need another creator, a shot creator. I think that's what the Bucks need. For the Warriors, I think it's tough to say goodbye to a guy like Clay just because you have the four rings together. One day you'll have a statue there. I agree with your Draymond take, but also I'm bitching about these guys in the league, and he's one of the guys I do like. Yes, he's a little dirty. But he's like the guy that I grew up loving in the 90s. At least you know he wants to win. Yes, he would work perfectly with the bad boy Pistons. Like, that's your dude if you're in Detroit in the 90s. He, he fit right in seamlessly. Or he's like the Barkley of Philly. Yeah. But the problem is he can't score. Well, that's well, that's, that's the that's problem. The he can't score. I'm not paying that dude <laughs> 20 to $25 million and he can't score more than six points. Like, it's not happening, y'all. He's a perfect role player for that team. Having said that, if Myers is out, and it sounds like he is a Golden State as GM, they may turn this thing upside down. They might. They might. They should. I think they should, man. I think that they should. I mean, because what they the plan that they had in place was perfect, though, because you had your core players from the championship teams and Draymond, Clay, and Steph, and then you tanked for a couple of years or had injuries, kind of like the Spurs did, and you had James Wiseman, who was the number one overall. Right. You had Jonathan Kaminga. You had Moses Moody. You had all these lottery picks, and none of these guys are any good. So yep. you struck out on three drafts. I think it's time that you just blow it up, which I know would be tough to do, but you have your four championship rings. Or I don't know, you try to like blow it up on the fly, keep Steph, because I think Steph could probably be a good player for four to five more years. Wiseman played well in Detroit after that trade last year. He played pretty good. It'll be interesting to see what he looks like in Detroit going forward. And if he turns out to be something and Golden State couldn't figure that out, this is going to make Golden State look pretty bad with their player development. Yeah, really quick before uh, my take, uh, my hot take, actually, write this down. So here's what happens. Steve Kerr is out as Warriors head coach. Stop, 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 timeout. If we hire a coach in Milwaukee and then he gets let go after they make a hire, I'm going to lose my mind. Okay, no, no, go no. ahead. I don't think he'll be let go because I think maybe he coaches this year, but then I think he probably calls it quits. And then Greg Popovich probably calls it quits in two years. No, Popovich Kerr is going to die there. He's got Webb and Yama. He's not retiring. Yeah, stop. That's why Kerr is going to go there and coach Webb and Yama. That's what's going to happen. Steve Kerr will be there to the San Antonio Spurs in two to three years. Yep. I think Becky Hammond ends up there before Steve Kerr. She's got some stuff going on right now. uh, That's all stupid stuff in the WNBA. I don't care about any of that crap. Well, that's all dumb. Either way, I thought you got interviewed for the Bucks job. She did last time when Bud was before they hired Bud. She was one of the people they interviewed. And apparently they didn't interview her this time. She's a good coach. I I don't care what y'all think, but she's a good coach. And when Yama. Man, Popovich, I, what's the over-under? How many more years he coaches? Give me 10. No way. Got 10 more years. He's old and crabby. I don't care if he's 100. Webinyama will make him the fountain of youth. That's what he's going to... Did you see the picture of Webinyama standing next to Rudy Gobert? Yeah, at center Rudy court? Gobert look like a child. Yes! And they say he's 7'3"? Dude, he's got to be like damn near 8 feet tall if he made Rudy... Either that or they've been lying about Rudy Gobert's size his entire career. No, he's really that big, man. He's the only player. I was listening to this on the Rosillo podcast. He's like the only player in league history because they're like, what are the what are, what like what are the concerns? Like, why wouldn't this guy just be the next big thing? And they worry about injuries and they worry that he's too tall. So, like, when he's doing his measurements, he's doing his measurements without shoes. He's the only player in league history who doesn't want to add a couple inches. Like, they think he's almost like too tall for his own. That's body. like Giannis. There was talk that he never wanted to be classified as a seven footer. Yeah. So he never wanted anybody to say he was seven feet. Yama is like Holmgren, I think, like Chad Holmgren in Oklahoma City. He's he's his frame is so small, 
Can he add the muscle? Giannis added the muscle and was fine. Thon Maker ate a ton of calories by the Bucks. Like an hour straight every day, they'd make him eat. Literally, I'm not even making this up. Yeah, an hour straight, somebody would sit there and talk to him while he fed food, and he could not gain any weight. No matter yeah. what they did, they couldn't put weight on him. Wemby is going to have to get stronger to play in this league. He just is. He's going to have to add some muscle. So is Holmgren, whether he wants to or not. Uh, and if they can't, then yeah, I think there is going to be concern about injury. Uh, at some point, but I'm looking forward to college football and my Badgers. And I'm looking forward to the National Football League because there are so many great young quarterbacks and young players in this league yeah. that it's going to be awesome. Ryan Horvat, thank you very much. And uh, bet MGM tonight. Make sure to give it a listen. Ryan Horvat always has something entertaining and fun to say. Trista Crick, what is she going to talk about? The Lakers are about to be out. So then she's going to have to pick between Denver and and Miami. So what what bandwagon is she hopping on? <laughs> I don't I don't uh she's oh, actually she texts she likes Miami now. Well it's South Beach makes sense. So I should go to South Beach. I'm, it I'm makes rubbing sense. it in their faces. Well, uh, my other hot take before the Steve Kerr thing last year was that Kyrie was gonna make his way to Los Angeles this offseason. You saw yeah. the reports this morning. You think LeBron's getting swept in the conference finals and not coming back with some ammo next year? You're crazy. Kyrie will be in Los Angeles. They will not win with Kyrie. Nobody's winning with Kyrie. Nobody's winning with Kyrie. I'm sorry. I just, there's no I think chance. The Nuggets, I think the Nuggets, I know we're trying to get off here. I think the Nuggets <laughs> might build like a little mini dynasty here, man. Like, where are they going? They're not. No, you're Bob right. Murray is a lot better than people give him credit for being. If he could stay healthy. This is what he looked like before he got hurt. He's been hurt for so long, people forget how good he was. And look how the basketball moves. Their only problem is depth. They only go eight deep, which is probably a good thing. Co- Coach Bud takes some notes. You don't need to be running Nico Meritich out there in game six of the conference finals. But... Guys are going to want to go play there. The ball never stops moving. Denver's a cool place to live, and playing with Jokic seems fun. And Mike Malone, oh boy. His postgame pressers are money, man. He would be yeah. a lot of fun to cover. Holy crap. Yeah. He just lets you have it. He doesn't give a damn about nothing. Uh, Ryan Horvath, follow him on Twitter. Ryan Horvath, follow me at Sparky Radio. Bet Jim tonight, Monday through Friday. John Lowe, this wonderful Curtin Long podcast where we talk Packers and other things. <laughs> Uh, as well as you just found out on the Odyssey app and wherever you download your favorite podcast. Ad, and, of course, Odyssey Sports YouTube page from time to time. I'll throw some videos up there as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one.